Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lovely Freaks Podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like things strange and unusual and true crime, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head down to our description box and there will be a link, tree link, that will take you to our social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. And all that jazz. And I'll just plug in our Instagram right here. It is at Lovely Freaks Podcast on Instagram. So head over there and go ahead and follow us because that's where we post a lot of our stuff. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. So we're back. Sorry we took a break Tuesday, but you know, Easter and I didn't do any research. So that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. Um, but we're back at it today. And this might... <clears throat> this case is going to be pretty crazy. So if you saw the title, then you kind of know what it's about. Um, well, kind of. It's about a house that has a demonic presence. It has to. It involves um, a mother, a grandmother, and three kids. And this one is actually not too long ago. This one happened back in 2011. Hmm. So it was not. Where was it? Not too long ago. Um. It was in Gary, Indiana, <clears throat> and we'll kind of get into all that. The title of this is called Demon House because that is the name of the documentary that um, Zach Baggins, I think that's Baggins. his, <laughs> of Bagend, no, not the Lord of the Rings, <laughs> although that would be nice. Um, no, he is, uh, you know, Ghost Adventures. Mm-mm. You don't know that show, Ghost Adventures? The show. Not that I know. Like, you know, the Ghost Hunter show. Oh, okay. The so anime you got the. Thingy? No. Oh, no. Where they go investigate ghosts. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So you've got Ghost Hunters. Oh, I just popped my freaking pinky. Jesus. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That was random, but like I almost broke my own pinky. Um, so you've got Ghost Hunters mm-hmm. and then you have Ghost Adventures. Oh, so okay. this is the guy, Zach. Um, he's kind of like the, what's the word I'm looking for? Main guy of Ghost Avengers. And he is the, um, guy that pretty much made this documentary. Uh, it's called, like I said, it's called Demon House. He's a paranormal investigator. I don't particularly like Ghost Adventures. I know there's a lot of people out there that love Ghost Adventures and it's okay. It's, it's some people's guilty pleasures. Um, but I can't handle his acting, so. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I don't like Ghost Hunters because I don't remember Ghost Adventures, but I remember Ghost Hunters, and I don't like how they would, like, you know, like, they'd hear a sound and they would be super too much. They'd be like, yeah. oh, my God, what is that sound? What was that? What was that, <laughs> Billy? Did you get it? Yeah. Like, that was, like, t- that. that's, like, too much. Well, this Zach guy, to give you kind of a perspective, if you don't know about him, he has a, um, like, a museum of oddities and things like that in Las Vegas. So, he's a very, um, like, he has a book, and it's, like, the front of the cover screams satire. It's mm-hmm. really bad. So, the museum's cool. It's got, like, some things in the museum have, um, like, he bought certain things. I think he has Ed Gein's pot that he, like, roasted bodies in and stuff like that. Like, so he's got pretty cool stuff in there. Mm. And I'm not saying that he's not a paranormal investigator, but some things can be over the top. Um, he claims that 
this investigation, though, it was really hard for him. And after filming this documentary, he was sick for, like, days and days and days. Mm-hmm. A lot of crew members that filmed this documentary, uh, they quit while filming. Some of them also quit, like, after um, or mm-hmm. never came back to help him or whatever. This also took three years to film. There is some controversy around whether or not the reason why it took so long was because the family that we're going to get into um, didn't want to talk to him. They claimed because they didn't want anything to do with him because he had been into the house and they were scared that he would have pulled an entity from the house and it would attach himself back, attach to themselves back to the family. So mm-hmm. they were kind of scared to talk to him. Um, but then some people said, well, actually, they had a movie deal with a producer. Oh. So that's why they weren't talking to him. But I don't know. Um, and then, so he actually bought this house. So the family we're going to talk about, obviously, they moved out. And when they moved out, there wasn't anybody really living there. So he called the landlord. And I think the landlord's name is Charles. He said that... He didn't have any paranormal problems with the house, but also he was having trouble finding anyone that wanted to buy it or even live in it to rent. Hmm. So, of course, he's going to kind of claim that to me. I feel like he's going to claim, oh, yeah, there's no no paranormal problems. Yeah. No, because you need to come. I need the money. So yeah, exactly. Nothing's wrong. Come live. Come yeah, live in my house. Exactly. <laughs> so... I kind of feel like maybe that's why he said that. Because everyone that's ever stepped foot in this house has had some sort of paranormal experience. So, Zach, the guy, mm-hmm. the... I'm Do- pretty sure it's Baggins or Bagan. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. The Zach, the documentary guy from Ghost Adventures. He bought this house. I think he bought it for like 35000 So, it was super cheap. And... There's been tons of mediums that have come to this house over the years. There's also been people that claim to be clairvoyant and have just been able to watch the documentary and know how many demons were in the house. I don't know how true I believe that. Um, They say that there's over 200 demons in this house is what they feel, what these mediums feel. Also, at the beginning of the documentary, there's a full disclaimer that says... If you watch this, you could be inviting the demons from the house into your home. Please be aware, blah, 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 blah. I don't necessarily believe that. Even if you are a demonologist, there's a lot of demonologists that kind of got upset with him saying that. Of course, any horror movie or documentary, anything like that that you watch, even us doing this research, you can feel unsettled or you can have certain experiences happen afterwards, but... To say that you're going to be cursed or haunted forever is... Doesn't happen. It has doesn't to be really like happen. something... And usually, and, and or the documentary That's what a lot cursed. of demonologists... That could happen. Yeah, but. a lot of demonologists were like, that tends to happen to us because we're very open to the, to the world of mm-hmm. the demons and, yeah. and spirits and things like that. But it usually doesn't happen to regular folks who are not mediums or demonologists or clairvoyant or anything like that. Okay. So just want to throw that out there. You're not going to be cursed if you watch the movie. And it's probably they just wanted to scare. Yeah, just add the scare factor. Yeah. Okay, Latoya Amos is the mother. Her mother is Rose. She's the grandmother. And then there's three children. We don't have their names because she did not want to put their kid her kids' names out there, which I completely understand. But they are seven, nine, and twelve. They moved into the 
so-called demon house, located at 3860 Caroline Street in Gary, Indiana, in November of 2011. A couple of days after moving in, and this is during the winter, by the way, so they had black horse flies or just like these huge big flies swarming the porch. It was kind of odd because, like I said, it's during the winter and you typically you don't see a lot of flies, definitely don't see horse flies in the winter. Mm. So no matter how much they, they killed them or exterminated them or whatever, they always kept coming back. Rose and the grandmother, <clears throat> Rose and the grandmother, Rose the grandmother, excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, she said that she would hear, like, all the time footsteps in the house and down in the basement. They would hear doors creak at one point. I think that they were even, like, asleep or something. And she heard the door to the basement open. Which, first mm-hmm. of all, fuck a house with a basement. Never yeah. happened that. But, anyways, I just thought that was really crazy. Um, so... She said that she would see shadowy... And pretty much everybody in the house kind of saw this. But it, she distinctly remembers this one part where she said that she saw a shadowy figure of a man in the living room. One day, kind of like paced him back and forth. And then after the shadowy figure left, they found boot prints in the living room where he had been at. Yeah. Or the shadow had been at. Mm-hmm. So like Latoya, of uh, boot prints. Latoya, and a lot of... Uh, Everybody else said that they would see shadows, you know, um, and they would feel presence of someone, like, pushing them, you know, or yeah. pulling their hair or something like that. Latoya would have her temperature rise super fast and then get body aches, and then all of a sudden it would go away. She would have sometimes, like, um, bad body aches in, like, her shoulders and things like that. One of the kids was thrown out of the bedroom, like, they were walking it was either, I think it was the bathroom. He was in the bathroom and he was using the bathroom or brushing his teeth or whatever. And then he started walking out and something just kind of pushed him over the threshold and like tossed him out into the hallway. Damn. The oldest, who was 12, she was a girl. She was mm-hmm. taunted by voices. She would hear tell her that her family was going to die. She would also get slapped really hard in the face or her head slammed up against the headboard of her bed. The kids barely slept because of this, and then that kind of led to them missing a lot of school. Um, but Latoya would even, like, they didn't have a lot of money, but she would try to, like, get as much money together as, as she could so they could stay in, like, a hotel for just one night to just get sleep. Hmm. Whatever was in the house was starting to obviously make her kids act really strange. They would have evil looks and grins on their faces sometimes. One night during a sleepover with friends, the 12-year-old daughter levitated off of her bed. She was unconscious. I think uh, the mom and the grandmother, and maybe it was a couple more relatives, were downstairs. And she said they heard her daughter say, Mom, come here. When they got into the bedroom, she was unconscious on her bed, but she was floating off of her bed. She was levitating off of her bed. So she couldn't have said, Mom, yeah. come here. And we know that sometimes, you know, demons or spirits will possess. mimic the sounds. Oh, I was thinking of possess. Well, that too, but they will mimic the sounds of whoever to try to get them, you know, yeah. to coax them into wherever they need them. So when she came to, she didn't have any memory of this, the girl. Um, but oh, her family, in order to like kind of, because they were... Um, 
they weren't super spiritual, but they did pray, and I think, believe they were Christians. The grandmother didn't experience heavy things like being pushed or, or um, it was mostly the kids. Like that. It was the kids and the mom, and the grandmother claims that she didn't experience the bad stuff because she says that she has like a guardian angel watching over her. Mm-hmm. So, excuse me. Um, so she, but. When the girl, the 12-year-old girl, was levitating off the bed, uh, the family members and whoever else was there gathered around her bed and started praying. And they prayed and prayed and prayed until she, like, kind of laid back down. Like, she started going Going back down down. on the bed. And then then she woke up and she didn't have any memory of it. Um, The kids would be constantly thrown across the room uh, by unknown forces. And that's kind of typical. You know, we talked about that Mm -hmm. in the... um, Conjuring. So are these demons? They're just demons. They're not. Um, well, at this point, they ghosts? don't know what they are. Okay. They don't have a clue. But according to paranormal studies research that we know, ghosts can't harm you, but demons can. So I was gonna say maybe they're kids because they're like kid, like children ghosts because they're just harming the children. But mm-hmm. now that you say demons, I don't know. I guess they gravitate towards them. Well, demons. I'm not a demonologist, so she'll throw that out there, and I'm not a clairvoyant or anything like that, but through my research as a um, lover of paranormal investigation, I have found that, um, as you know, like, demons are more, children are more susceptible to demons, and some people think it's because they're closer to the spiritual realm, because Mm -hmm. they are the closest to have just been born. Yeah, I feel like it because they have imagination, and you kind of lose that when you're older. Well, some people also think that they. Well, I'm trying to figure out how to say this. Some priests think that since they were closer to birth, okay, and so closer like, to like they were God, God, yeah. they are more susceptible to descended from heaven to become a human. Yeah. And some then priest, birth, they priest think, yeah, are closer to that. Yeah, okay, um, I can't understand that. Yeah. So, um, in April, uh, April nineteenth, two thousand twelve. So they moved in in November. They've been having all these problems, but April, um, but two thousand twelve was when this really kicks off. So Latoya decided to take her kids to the local doctor. Um, she took them to their pediatrician and she, she kind of, she wanted to make sure there wasn't anything mentally wrong with them. Like, I'm sure she probably thought, okay, there might be ghosts in our house, but them acting out, cursing at me and my mom, um, they were using words that they usually wouldn't use. And they were also had these different voices, Mm -hmm. kind of, they weren't super low, but they would growl at them when they got mad or... She just wanted to make sure that, you know, there wasn't any mental problems going on. Um, He said later that he did feel uneasy when the kids came into the room. But while they were there, the seven-year-old boy started cursing at the doctor. And then the nine-year-old chimed in as well. He's a boy, too. Mm -hmm. The nine-year-old then all of a sudden lunged at the doctor and the medical staff... Um, had to, like, calm him down and pull him off of the doctor. Police officers and the ambulance arrived to take the boys and the mom and the daughter, everybody, to the hospital. 
When they got to the hospital, LaToya told them to put olive oil on their heads. And, of course, the doctors and nurses just all laughed at her. And they figured that her and the kid... At this point, they kind of thought, okay, her and the kids are kind of suffering from, like, delusions or something. Or maybe there's something in the house Mental abuse or something like that. Yeah. They probably thought that. Yeah. After the boys woke up in the hospital, the youngest boy started screaming. And it took five men to calm him down and hold him there. This was when the um, DCS was called. Of course they were called. And so <laughs> when DCS was called, because they thought that the kids, they knew that they, they were missing a lot of school. Abuse, yeah. They knew that there was something going on. So they thought that they were suffering from some sort of abuse. Mm-hmm. And maybe this was like a coping mechanism. The nurses and the doctors did say that there was no physical abuse or that the kids did not seem unhealthy. So they had been fed. They didn't have any bruises or anything on them to show that they had been beaten in any way. So that was kind of odd. Yeah. Even the psychologist that talked to, or psycho, psychologist that, that ta- not psychologist, psychiatrist. psychiatrist. I'll get it in a minute. <laughs> I kept saying that. The psychiatrist that talked to LaToya said that she seemed completely sane, um, but the things she was claiming were kind of unbelievable because she was straight up telling them, you know, what was going on, and they weren't believing her. After the caseworker got there, her assignment was, I mean, her assessment um, was that LaToya was mentally ill and that it was affecting the children as well. They were kind of feeding off of her delusions, I guess you could say, is what, this is what all the doctors are thinking and this caseworker. The seven-year-old would growl and roll his eyes in the back of his head. This is all at the hospital. He then lunged at his older brother, the nine-year-old, and started choking him. It took multiple men to pull him off of his own brother. Which, first of all, what the hell? Like, this is a seven-year-old. It shouldn't take yeah. multiple people. All these people trying to hold him down. I would be freaking out. I'd be like, what the hell is this kid on? <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, damn. And also, it kills me. Well, we're about to get into some shit. And I'm just like... Anyway, I'll just keep going. Um, <laughs> So, the caseworker later that night took the grandmother, Rose, mm-hmm. and the two boys... And I think, yeah, there was a nurse, a psychologist. So, it was the grandmother, Rose, the two boys, a nurse, a psychologist, and her, the caseworker. Yeah. They all went to a separate room. Seven-year-old was growling again at his brother and then started talking with an adult man's voice and saying, it's time to die. And he also said, I will kill you. The nine-year-old boy then started running at his grandmother. First of all, sidetrack. I don't know if this was the nine-year-old boy or the seven-year-old boy. I kind of got confusion between what I had read and then what I saw in the documentary. Mm-hmm. So it's one of the boys um, started running at his grandmother and ramming his head into her stomach over and over again. Rose then, the grandmother, started praying and holding his hand. And saying, you're not my grandson. While she was praying, the boy then began to have an evil grin on his face. This huge, wide, weird smile. Mm -hmm. Then he started to walk backwards towards the wall. All while she was holding his hand. She was still praying. And as he walked backwards towards the wall, 
keep in mind the psychologist, the grandmother, everybody's standing there. Yeah. Um, the boy keeps walking and walks backwards up the wall and then starts walking on the ceiling and still while holding his grandmother's hand and then flips over on the other side and lands on her other side. Um, at this point, everyone in the room comes in complete shock. The caseworker mm-hmm. ran out of the room and the psychologist, they all like took the fuck off. They were like, yeah. fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm I would be like, okay, And bye. also, so for anybody that's like, that didn't really happen. It's literally documented in the case file that that wow. happened. Yeah. yeah. There's like 800 pages of this case between like the police, doctor, psychologist, mm-hmm. um, caseworkers because there's like three different caseworkers that yeah. work on this because some of them just say fuck it i'm out deuces i quit so there's Same. a lot like, no, i'm good I'm <laughs> there's good. a lot ah. of shit involved in this um very very interesting so the caseworker like i said runs out of the room immediately they all run to the doctor when the doctor came back into the room he said show me this trick again that you were doing climbing up the wall the boy just laughed and said, I can't walk up walls. And kind of like in a nonchalant voice with mm-hmm. sarcasm. And the grandmother was like, that ain't my grandson. But, you know, of course, they thought she was crazy. The RNs at this point started saying that they thought that the boy was possessed by demons. The caseworker then said it seemed like the family was being taunted by something evil. Latoya and her seven-year-old son stayed at the hospital for the night while Rose and the other kids went to a relative's house. The next morning, when the family all got back to the hospital, they decided to throw the youngest, who was seven, a birthday party. So, apparently he turned eight that day. Mm -hmm. So, now he's eight. Keep that in mind. Um, At this time, the DCS worker came back into the room and told LaToya that they were going to have to take the kids because they feared that the children were being neglected simply because they had missed so much school and also they need more evidence. I don't know why the fuck they need more evidence to prove that something weird was going on, but whatever. Yeah. So, um... And if they talked with the kids individually asking if there was any kind of mental abuse, you think that they would finally, after all that time confess and be like oh yeah there has been mental abuse but it hasn't happened yeah well also like in the caseworker's reports she was even writing that the kids were experiencing experiencing supernatural and emotional stress hmm. so what that's a report so i guess they just that's something you they... can put in a report that, that yeah. blows my mind like <laughs> it's just i think they just looked at the oh emotional so they're being emotionally abused the DCS took the kids. Um, they were all crying, and the mother was, you know, clinging to her kids, trying to, yeah. you know, keep them. But they took them, unfortunately. After this, the hospital chaplain called Father Mike to come to see the family. The chaplain told him that it seemed like the children and, or maybe just one of the boys, needed an exorcism. Father Mike came to the house after Mass on Sunday. So, this is when he comes to the house for the first time. He talked to them for about four hours. They showed him all the kids. They they showed him all, all kinds pi- of things in the house. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I thought you were going to say pictures of kids. No. They showed him all kinds of things in the house. Um, 
like the footprints because the boot print was still there on the ground which i thought was really mm. strange but they showed him the boot print was um, it like dirt or like did it burn know. into the um wood or something like that i don't know i i, don't, I didn't ever figure mm. that part out um he said he felt an unsettling presence in the house and things started moving and light started flickering while he was in the house as well mm. Then LaToya told Father Mike that she was starting to get a very bad headache. She also complained that her shoulders were getting very tense, to which he decided to put a crucifix, place a crucifix on her forehead. When he did, she started convulsing. Mm. After this, he knew that there was something in the house that needed to be cast out. He told LaToya and Rose to get out of the house and stay with someone else. He then... Uh, said a prayer, and then sprinkled, you know, holy water everywhere. He was worried that something had attached itself to... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, my cat. Just tell him to quit. Hey, can you stop licking your asshole right in front of me? Like, literally right in front of me. Like, I can hear it, smell it. <laughs> nice. Everything. What was I talking about? <laughs> Sorry. This is fun. He was worried that, um, like I said, that something had attached itself to LaToya as well as the kids. But he had not met the kids yet. He just was going off of what he had heard. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later, the caseworker from DCS and two police officers went to the house with the family to conduct an inspection of the home. So this is like, you know, normal inspection stuff that they have to do, DCS, because they have to make sure that the kids are in good living conditions. The captain of the police department was one uh, um, one of the policemen to show up. So, he, he showed up and, and then other, you know, just regular yeah. officers. Uh, the captain said that he never was one to believe in demons. Ghosts, maybe, but not evil spirits. However, while in the home, he said that he felt very uneasy. Hmm. Father Mike was also there at the house. LaToya didn't want to go into the house. She was like, no, I'm good. Thanks. And she stayed outside. Um, yeah, I would have done You couldn't pay me enough. But nothing you. <laughs> Rose, the grandmother, however, did go into the house. She um, took them in. And Rose then told everyone uh, the like about the evil forces and everything. And showed them all different kinds of spots in the house. Because... The family was trying to make DCS and the police and everybody understand that this really was happening. And Father Mike was also trying to help them show that it's not neglect. It's mm -hmm. actually, like, unknown forces. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's really hard to portray to people that work as officials and can only really think about the logical side of things. So, that's why they take them to the house multiple times actually you'll find out i just wanted to get that out there um after being then they head down to the basement so after being in the basement for about 10 minutes things start happening there was a door leading to another room in the basement so that like there's a, another room that's empty in the basement every time one of the officers would look at it and then look away and then look back the door seemed to move in different positions like it might be half closed then open then all the way shut, then all the way open. So it was really weird. Yeah. They tried questioning Rose with an audio recorder, but it wouldn't record. Um, 
The batteries were drained, which was odd because they had just been changed that morning. Hmm. So once they got new batteries in it, they were able to record her. And some of what she was saying, they could only get like some of it. But later when they played it back, um, they could hear a voice that is kind of a deep voice. And it it kept saying, hey, just over Hmm. and over again. Almost as if someone was like right up in the mic too. So it wasn't like it was like a hey or yeah hey. it was like it was like up in there hey yeah <laughs> yeah um the photos that they took in the basement they said later showed white figures that had faces so these are the photos that the police took in the basement that had faces that looked like a woman even one of the police officers took a photo with his iphone and later when um looking at them he saw shadowy figures like all over the house and mm-hmm. that's what Latoya and the grandmother and everybody was saying that they saw in the house, you know. When you said iPhone, I was like, what? And then I remember this is in 2011. It's I know, just so right? It's weird. <laughs> to think about that. I'm Because I'm, most of the ones head, that we've done, they're been like in like the 70s. Like 50s. <laughs> yeah. And then when you said that, I was like, oh crap, yeah, it's in 2011. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, The captain said that in the basement, there was a dirt floor and under the stairs he saw a candle in a pan which made him wonder if they were like the family Mm -hmm. if they were doing some sort of ritual or some sort of like satanic thing Mm -hmm. um or maybe someone that lived there previous was doing had done this and that's what was going on so it was just kind of suspicious for him you know However, the captain said that after he left the house, he got a couple of miles down the road. He then pulled over to make a phone call, which, who knows, he probably didn't really pull over. He was just trying to say that because he's a police officer. Yeah. He's not supposed to drive. I pulled off. over. I pulled over to make this phone call. <laughs> Anyways, um, while he was on the phone, his police radio started messing up, like making these weird noises. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, he heard a very loud voice, deep loud voice say, are you there? Even the person on the phone heard it as well. Mm. So that was kind of weird because once he answered, nobody was there. Yeah. Latoya's kids, 12 and 8, were put into an emergency emergency shelter for kids. The youngest son, who's now 8, but he was 7 at the time. um, Did I say 12 and 8? I meant 12 and 9. And the youngest is 8. Sorry. He was, the youngest was sent to a psychiatric hospital where he was to be evaluated. The psychiatrist asked him about the hauntings and demons and he gave no answers or they would, like all of his answers would change every time that he was talking to her. Mm -hmm. Um, He would ask her odd morbid questions though, like can you die if you go to space and like all these different death questions it's really weird but at the same time my kid asked some weird questions too so yeah Adeline would be they'd be like what we need to take her now yeah like take her like something's wrong with her um she thought that he was just being influenced by his mother's delusions to say weird things because he was getting like attention from it you know yeah. The older kids were evaluated as well, and they came up with the same conclusion with them also, that everybody was just feeding off of the mom's delusions. Hmm. However, all three kids' stories were completely the same, and they were questions they were questioned alone at different times, but all their stories were the same about the house. So, I mean, that's some pretty intense 
coaching yeah. for a mother to do. And especially with a kid, because a kid can, like, if you tell them all that, they're going to forget things. Yeah. And three of them? Like, yeah. It's just not possible. DCS, however, gave LaToya supervised visitation, but she was not allowed to talk about demonic possessions or hauntings or anything like that. If she wanted to get them back, she needed a place to live as well. She, the doctors thought, like I said, that if they went back to the house, they would, um, it's not that they believed that the house was possessed, but they believed that if she got the kids back and they went back to the same house, then the delusions would just keep happening. So they wanted her to have a whole new house. Yeah. A job, you know, all this stuff. Um, but that's hard to ask of a person. Yeah. Was, I, I thought it was a little crazy. Um, she did everything, though, that she was supposed to do in order to get her kids back. When DCS had to do another inspection of the home, you have to have, like, multiple inspections. They just have to keep it in the books. Mm-hmm. Um... However, this caseworker did not want to go this time. She was trauma... So, the first caseworker, she was traumatized by what she saw in the hospital the night that the nine-year-old... It was the night Or, the seven-year-old. Sorry, my bad. He walked up the wall. And she couldn't explain it. So, she also, like, quit her job. And not long after this, even moved, like, out of Gary, Indiana. Like, hmm. she was, like really disturbed by what she saw. Hmm. I wonder what she saw. Talk, the kid walking up the wall. Oh, I thought, <laughs> yeah. I thought you were talking about somebody else that they saw something. I was like, no, oh, she was so person. traumatized by that. And, you know, when she went to the house, she did feel uneasy, but that wasn't the main thing. It was just the kid walking up the wall backwards, which fix, bitch, yeah, I would have been too. too. I would have had some serious therapy bill would have been yeah. real strong <laughs> after that. Um, <laughs> Uh, it also needs to be said that even some of the police officers who visited the home the first time, they also left town as well and, like, moved out wow. and moved to a different police station. Huh. Like, they were, like, Audi 5000. Audi 5000? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Audi, guys. 5000. And they just walk out. Have you never heard that? No. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Sorry, that might be an old 90s reference. Um. So, anyways... Uh, the second time, the second time they got to the house to inspect it, the captain was there, a few new police officers, a new caseworker, and also Father Mike, and LaToya decided to go this time. They go down to the basement again. Why the fuck they keep going down there? I'll never understand, yeah. but whatever. Um, once down there, the new caseworker said that she could see something sticky on the ceiling. It, she felt her hand across it, and it was like a <laughs> sticky liquid... <laughs> Shut up. A sticky liquid white on the liquid. ceiling. What is this? <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't white, but it was thick. Um, the men then started to dig underneath the stairs because I think it was kind of, you know how, you know, like a basement, like the dig stairs, the stairs, the stairs to the basement. Uh-huh, you yeah. know how the basement under, like it was that part of the ceiling. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they started to dig where the sticky substance was because they saw on the floor that there was like dirt, um, like a, like a dirt, what's the word I'm looking for? Like just a dirt ground type area, kind of. So anyways, I thought it was really weird. When they digged, they digged. Wait, hang on. Was it like a green substance? 
No. I was thinking of like Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I mean, uh And then also I was thinking of Amnibir yeah. Ghostbusters. Holy shit. Amnibir. Amnibir horror? Yeah. I went <laughs> Amnibir. <laughs> Cuz they said they saw green oozes uh-huh. coming from the wall. So when they were digging, this is what they found in the ground, about four foot in the ground. These are weird objects, but kind of fucking creepy. So they found a a press-on pink fingernail, <laughs> a pair of women's white underwear, oh. a comb, a red tin, two children's socks with the bottoms cut off, candy wrappers, a, t- a tin for a shirt... A pin, a pin, a pin for a shirt. I was wondering. I was like, I've I never was too. heard I was of that. Like, what the fuck? And then a heavy metal bar. These objects were buried underneath, like I said, four foot. Father Mike uh, spread blessing salt all over the area after they like took everything out and covered the hole back up. He then poured holy water all over the area and like everywhere down in the basement. He kind of just blessed it. Hmm. When they went back upstairs, there were the officer found. A slick oil substance on one of the blinds in the bedroom but couldn't figure out what it was they cleaned it off and then they left the room and they put in the door a um I think it was like a q-tip or something or a piece of paper so that way it would show that if somebody went in there and like mess with blinds yeah the object would fall from the door and it would be moved oh okay so That's they did smart. that they went about their business throughout the house for about 30 minutes. Then they came back to the room. They could tell that the door had not been opened because the Q-tip, the Q-tip was still there. Yeah. When they got in there, though, however, there was the oil back on the blinds. This oily, mm. nasty substance. It was ghost. There was no explanation, and everyone decided it was time to, like, leave and get out of there. Aside from the fact that everybody just felt really ill and just was done with it. They all started feeling... Um, I mean, LaToya started having a sharp pain in her head again and in her shoulder. So her and the caseworker like left and went outside. Everyone was out on the porch when Father Mike walked out of the house. He looked white as a ghost and the captain asked him what was wrong. When he asked him what was wrong, he said the blinds are now dripping with that substance. Mm. So to the point where it was like you could see it like dripping off. So was it just clear? I think so. I think it was, like, just a clear oily mm. substance. That's weird. Yeah. I've never really heard of that in a ghost story. Yeah. But this is more demons, so I don't I don't know about that. Father Mike, at this point, knew that it was time to perform an exorcism on the house. The Bishop of Gary, however, denied his request at first and told him to contact another priest to try and perform an exorcism on LaToya to make, to try to, like, kind of see if the demons would just leave. Why the fuck they always start doing that? Because it never works, but whatever. They met at the house with LaToya and did he did what he called a blessing on her. He told LaToya to try and see if she could figure out the names of the demons that they were dealing with before he started the exorcism. Because that kind of helps make it easier. Because, you know, we know that like if you know the names of the demons that are inside of a person, mm-hmm. it makes it easier to like particularly... Identify them. Identify too. them, yeah. Obviously, um, so she and one of her friends started like searching the internet, which I thought was crazy, to see if there was any demons that matched. Um, and there were a few like 
the name lord of the fly demon i can't think of the name and i can't think of it right now i want to say beelzebub but i don't think that's it and it might do be, we know the name or i don't or do know you know they didn't ever figure out really pinpoint what it was yeah or which demon it was mm-hmm. um however latoya at this time started feeling worse and nothing seemed to be working so the bishop decided to give to give them permission to do the exorcism. June 2012, Father Mike performed three exorcisms on LaToya at his church. During the exorcism, she experienced pain. She had, she said that it was worse than childbirth. She gave birth to three kids, so mm-hmm. no thanks. Wow. It took weeks for him to perform all these exorcisms, hours and hours at a time. And if you guys have listened to any of our exorcism stories, then you know how exorcism are exorcisms are performed so i'm not going to get into all that because that's way long so she was also having nightmares at this time and just over and over again but luckily her and her mother found another place to live during this time as well so she didn't have to like go through all this and go back to the houses too finally he performed the last exorcism in latin and it seemed to work because all the paranormal symptoms were gone and that's another thing like all these exorcisms, they start off in, like, English, and it doesn't ever seem to work. But then when they get to the Latin, it works. And I'm like, just start just off start there. With the, yeah, like, start with the Latin. <laughs> then if it doesn't work with the Latin, then go to the English. Yeah, like, come know. on, guys. Maybe they got to break them down. I don't know. She eventually got her kids back, and in the new house that they moved into, they had no paranormal experiences, which is great. In February 2013, after the final caseworker came to the new house, she said that there are no new demonic talks. Like, nobody's talking about it. There's no paranormal experiences that anyone seems yeah, to I be. I would thoroughly check. Yeah. After there's all no shit. paranormal experiences that anybody seems to be talking about, so they decided to close the case. Like I said, there's over 800 page- pages of this haunting which includes reports from DCS, police, interviews with families, doctors, priests, and anyone else who was involved. She released these records to the news, and like I said, she kept her kids' names out of it, but she wanted to release these records to the news because she didn't want people thinking that she was lying. It also kind of could have hurt her because, of course, the psychologist reports were all saying that she was delusional yeah, and that she was neglectful. So, I don't think she would have released this if she was lying because Why? she what could would see she that, gain for it? Yeah, she could see that people were th- would think, oh, well, she was just crazy and delusional and she actually needs her kids taken away from her. Um, so, let's kind of talk a little bit about Zach and what happened when he was filming the documentary. Okay. He talked to everyone that was involved with the story, the priest, the police, caseworkers, all that. However, LaToya didn't want to talk to him, like I said. Um, And, you know, I talked about why. She said that it was because he went into the house and she didn't want anything coming back to her from him. Which Mm -hmm. I completely understand. Um, He also couldn't get anyone to stay there. So, when when the... um, Zach, when he first got to the house... There was like a squatter 
living there. Hmm. And the squatter, he like gave him some money and was like, "Okay, you need to go on your way." And this I would is the ask beginning. The squatter, like, have you seen? He did. Anything? He oh, asked okay. him, and he said the man told him he was like, "Man, I've seen some crazy shit in here." <laughs> he was like, "Okay." Um, Zach did find out that Latoya's stepmother told media the media that um, she was lying about everything and that they were upset because she had drugged the family into this when she didn't need to and blah, 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 which that doesn't really mean anything to me. Um, Zach did not... Uh, he did have the house inspected by, like, an inspector. The inspector did find mold, asbestos, and carbon monoxide poisoning kind of in there. So he thought, okay, this could have caused, like, a lot of crazy symptoms, delusions, things like that, because mm-hmm. it can. But he started to get very suspicious of, like, this is a fluke, like, this is not paranormal, this sucks, you know. Um, that is, however, until he met Mika. So she was someone who lived in the house in the 90s with her mother. She told him a friend of theirs who would, like, come spend the night back then would always say that she could hear footsteps and people walking around the house all the time at night. She then went down to the basement with Zach, and she had her three kids with her, which I don't know why the hell you'd bring your kids, but whatever. Um, when she was walking down the stairs, she told one of her kids, she was like, oh, don't kick me in the leg. And one of the kids was like, I didn't kick you in the leg. Well, then they played the tape back, and this is on the documentary. They played the tape back, and you can see where her leg, like, kind of gets pushed out, but there's nothing yeah. behind the leg, the leg to push yeah. it. She said her brother, when they lived there, would stay in the basement in the back room. You know, like that creepy room that I told you about? Mm -hmm. She kept having dreams that someone in her family was going to die. And she kept telling her family over and over and nobody would listen to her. And after the dreams stopped, her brother was actually shot and killed. Mm -hmm. After going back upstairs with the kids during the documentary... um, her kids and her felt very uneasy and they wanted to like leave the house. Zach and the crew set up an altar in the living room and the basement, of course they did, with cameras and everything. He started acting, Zach started acting really strange. He started yelling. He would tell his crew to fuck off or get out or blah, blah, blah. But you don't ever know if that's like just him Play, acting, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, Zach claimed he didn't remember all this, of course. He even talked to the caseworker who saw the boy crawl up the wall, and she said that she was very terrified. Like I said, she quit her job. She, like, moved. She was, like, done, you know? Yeah. Um, other caseworkers who took over after her had multiple accidents during the time that they were doing this case. Like, serious injury accidents. Like, we're talking broke up broken bones and like just weird accidents that didn't really yeah. make any sense um the home inspector that zach got to come look for like the mold and stuff after he inspected the home uh he almost died when heading home because a tree like fell over and almost hit his car mm. he then um he woke up one night barely able to breathe because he said that he had like a super like terrifying nightmare and it felt like somebody was choking him to death he also then got diagnosed with cancer not too many months after he had went to the house and like damn yeah those ghosts really didn't like him after my um, demons father like, mike nah, fuck you 
Father Mike also had weird experiences, things happening to him during this time with the family, like accidents. And uh-huh. he said that it, he felt like it was the demons trying to keep him from helping the family. Zach's friend and paranormal investigator, Dottie Constant- Constantino, she said that she would help and she wanted to, like, try and contact the demons for him in the house. She taped the sessions and picked up deep voices saying something is wrong. A few months, this is crazy, a few months later, Dottie and her roommate were both murdered by her husband and then he turned the gun on himself and killed himself. Yeah. Coincidence? I think not. It gets crazier. On February 20th, 2014, only two days after Mika and her daughter Erica were in the house and her other kids, Erica attempted suicide. She tried to stab herself to death and overdose on medication. The marks where she tried to stab herself, everyone said, looked like the crucifixion marks because they were on her wrist. She was, like, stabbing her wrists over and over. Whoa. After this, crew members started quitting and refused to go near the house again. Zach then brought yeah. Zach then brought Father Mike to Mika and Erica to the house, um, and asked if she like remembered anything. Asked Erica, and Erica was like really confused. Mika also said that her daughter, um, had been trying to attack her, but Erica didn't remember any of this. Father Mike believed that something had attached itself to her, and he kind of did a blessing back at his church and like blessed her and all this stuff and then she said she felt better after that some neighbors said that they knew five this is something that the neighbors kind of said in the neighborhood they Mm -hmm. said that they claimed there was five people that had died in this house but I don't really know that there was there wasn't any really there wasn't any really um evidence evidence of that yeah but I know it was just like town talk yeah the movie's pretty good um, a lot of strange stuff. Of course, there's some dramatization, but it's going to be. But I highly recommend it if you want to watch it. One of the crew members uh, started, and this could be, you know, acting as well. Him, the thing, he started when they got back from the house at the mm-hmm. hotel. He started vomiting blood. He started screaming in the hallways at the hotel and was screaming at the elevator. One of the things that was really weird was Zach claimed before he even went to the house before he even knew about the house he said that he had a dream about this tall demonic goat like man okay he had a nightmare then he said that he saw two days later or a couple days later or whatever on the news about this case and so he thought okay this is the case that I need to like investigate and go do blah 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 so then he started doing the documentary well, the first day that he made it to the house, he had a friend text him. And you can see the text in the documentary, but that doesn't mean it was, you know, not set up. Mm-hmm. Take it with a grain of salt. But in the text message, his friend, who's a medium, said, You need to get out of the house that you're in because there's a tall, like, demonic goat man in that house. And it's coming for you. What? So the guy... That was vomiting and screaming in the hallways of the hotel that they were staying in. The crew member. When he... When asked later, what were you staring at and talking to at the elevator? Because he was standing at the elevator and the elevator doors were open. And he was just talking to something. But nothing was there. He said it was a tall, like, goat man 
demon. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, if that was all true, holy shit. If it wasn't, very good job on acting. And yeah. Bringing that together, because that's Bring pretty that cool. <laughs> well, it's not cool, but, you know, if you made all that up. <laughs> but, yeah. A lot um, of effort. A lot of effort. <laughs> I will say, though, one of the crazy things is if they did make it up after this, Zach uh, let that crew member go. Like, he, he was like, you need to go back home. Like, you're done. Um, yeah. Simply because... He's been through too much. He's been through, yeah. Um, if I was Zach, I'd say fuck this case, and I wouldn't do it. So after, well, it took him. It took him three years to finish this because of all. The he stuff said it was because of all the stuff that ha- kept happening. Kept happening, yeah. Um, some people say it's just because of the, you know, the film, and then him trying to get the rights to actually do it because some film production was. I don't know. Yeah. Trying to make a movie. So anyways, after the film, Zach, who owned the house at this time, like I told you, he demolished the house. Um, he he tore it down. He's like, I don't want anybody else ever living there. So they demolished it. Good on him. He did, however, take the basement steps, some of the basement steps, and some of the dirt from the house. And it's like back at his museum or whatever. Um, a lot of people say that the empty lot has been subject to satanic rituals. Like, people in the neighborhood have seen people there doing stupid shit. Yeah. Um, and people believe that the house is actually built on a portal to hell. Hmm. So, well, if that's like, that. <laughs> if there's, like, 200 demons, I can believe the portal to hell kind of thing. Because that's a lot of so demons. So, I couldn't figure out any background on this house. Like, I know it's an old house. It was an old house. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to know, like, how old. Like, they're going, like, 1800s. Like, I want to know who lived there. Yeah. Like, you know. Like, The Conjuring. Give me some juice. You know? Give me some juice. <laughs> give me some tea. Um, But Spill I couldn't find Jesus. anything. And I think that's because that landlord, Charles, he was like, no, nah, this shit's fake. No, none of it's real. It's just a house. But then at yeah. the same time, I'm just kind of like, well, that's something you would say if you're trying to sell a house. Yeah, you wouldn't be like, oh, yeah, there's, like, a yeah. lot of creepy stuff. There's so many If you're trying to God. sell a house, that's not something yeah. you wouldn't say. And this wasn't a house that she had bought, LaToya and her family. This was just one she was renting. Hmm. But, of course, there's, like, contract when you rent a house and all this other stuff. So, I'm not really sure how she got out of the contract. But... Or if, well, I guess she didn't have to get out of the contract because they stayed there for a year. So, but yeah, that's it. It's pretty crazy. The one thing that gets me out of all of it, you know, the kids cursing and yelling and punching and all that, whatever. If that would have just been in this case, I would have probably not done it. But the walking up the wall backwards and multiple people seeing it and documenting it on an actual, like, government document. Because she wrote it in her report. Like, official report is, like, mind blows blowing. my mind. <laughs> like, and there's, like, no kind of... How do you of, explain that? Like, there's no kind of, like, he put something on his shoes or something yeah. like that. Like, he was carrying the grandmother as well, and I don't think... No, he wasn't carrying her. He, he was wasn't? holding her hand. Oh. So, he was holding her hand, and then he just... As she's holding his hand, he's walking oh. up, and then he walks on the ceiling, and then he flips behind her. Nah. Yeah. Peter Pan up in here. Peter Pan. <laughs> He's really Peter Pan. Peter Pan up in this bitch. Take me to Neverland. 
anyway, but no, that's not true. I just, I, I, I mean, that that's not true that it could be, like, something sticky or, like. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody came up with an, ex- like, that was the one uh, there's thing. There's no explanation. The psychologists were like, yeah, I don't know. They're delusional. I don't know what the fuck that was, but they're delusional. So that's all I got to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what? And they're over here like, they're crazy. <laughs> got to take these. But, you know, I don't know what that was. But we're not going to even think about that. I'm just like, what? Well, it's kind of like that movie. Um, oh, gosh. What's that movie? What? That movie with the guy that has the girls in the basement and he's got split personality. Split. Split, yeah. You know how in that movie the the psychologists are like, well, your other personality just has like superhuman strength. Yeah. So I'm wondering if that's what they think. Like this other personality in this kid just oh, had superhuman but strength. But how the hell are you going to have strength and climb still- up the walls? Yeah. Like, like no. I'm not saying that's what they said. I'm just saying I wonder if that's like, what they Like I would understand thinking. that when they thought, you know all those people getting on to him and he's like got all that strength out of nowhere but still like mm-hmm. also that was weird too why didn't they be like what do they think like this kid's on fucking steroids yeah. like they're like oh my god he's so strong I don't know why took five men to get him off from somebody so anywho that is the story of the demon house um you can watch the documentary it's pretty good it's uh it's not it's not terrible that, um, that's pretty much it. I mean, yeah. And I don't really okay. have anything else I want to talk about, so. <laughs> I was good, though. Yeah. It was very interesting, I thought. And the fact that it happened not too long ago. You know, it wasn't yeah. something back in the 70s. Like every or... time you said 2011, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's shocking. Because <laughs> my mind's always way back there. Yeah. So, maybe they'll make a movie about it. Um, you know, I don't know if she really wants to get famous off of it. I mean, she hasn't so far, so, you know. And this was back in 2014 when he made this documentary. Hmm. So, I mean, it's been that long and she hasn't, maybe she decided to change her mind with a movie production. I don't know. But anywho. Alright guys. Well we hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Episode. Jeez. Um, we hope that you enjoyed today's episode and we will see you guys Tuesday? Yeah. Probably Tuesday. Probably Tuesday. Okay. We gotta do some uh, we gotta do some something different. I think we're gonna go back to murder. I've got one from uh, New Orleans that one of our Every listeners. I think we're going back to murder. I think we're going back to murder. True crime, I believe so. I believe it's time. I don't know. If you guys want to hear some different stories, though, I do have some different stories. Um, This listener that we have from New Orleans, shout out to that person. Um, They emailed me some interesting stories from New Orleans. Got so our first emailer. <laughs> first emailer. So oh, excited. we've also hit almost 900 listeners slash downloads. <laughs> Yay. So that's pretty cool. Um... So yeah, but we gotta pump those numbers up on uh, Instagram. So y'all need yeah. to, y'all need to follow us. We might try to do a live in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe not next. Maybe next weekend. Maybe not this weekend, but next weekend. We'll see. We'll see. 
and we'll post it on our Instagram. So make sure you follow us on there at Love of the Freaks Podcast. Um, you can also please leave us a review on Apple iTunes or review anywhere where you're listening because that really helps. It really helps us. And also follow us. Follow us on um, YouTube. I don't know if you guys know this, but we have a YouTube channel. Um, that's where most of these go. They go to YouTube and they go to Spotify, Apple, all that. So it, anywhere that you can follow us on Please follow us because that helps us as well. And so, yeah, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Don't let the demons get you.